Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in some football talk with John Middlecoff in about 10 minutes. You know, I think the Dame drama in Portland's interesting. There, I think there's this sense from a lot of fans. And I always try to put myself in the position of the player. What would I think if I was the player? What would I think if I was the coach or the GM? And there's this sense by, I think, a lot of fans that you're selfish if you leave a team like Dame leaving Portland just to go be on a better team. And I think the opposite's true. If you're just going to stay in any franchise that's not remotely viable to win a championship, then you're basically doing it for the Benjamins. You're just doing it for money. What, what's the value of that? Like, that's just that's totally about self. But if you go to another team, let's say Dame goes to Milwaukee, that's not selfish. He'd be the second best player on a team. That's giving. Uh, it'd be the first time the ball wouldn't go through him. That's not selfish. That's giving. He wouldn't be the face of a franchise. That's not selfish. That's giving. That's relinquishing. That's passing a baton to somebody else. That's the opposite of selfish. You know, when Bradley Beal for years stayed in Washington, that was all about comfort, making good money, and being the man. And Bradley Beal finally went to management and said, I want to go win some games. I want to go somewhere like Phoenix. Well, when Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix, he's not going to get the most shots. Booker will. Durant may get second most. He's the third best player on a team. That's the opposite of selfish. He is giving up shots, giving up where he lives, giving up comfort, giving up friends. So I, I just, I don't buy into this. And, and I think it's good for the league long-term if most of your stars stay. But one of the things I've always appreciated about LeBron James is his ability to acclimate to new teammates, new coaches, new cultures, and new cities. It's hard. He didn't win first year at a high school in Cleveland. He didn't win first year in Miami. He didn't win first year back at Cleveland. He didn't win first year in Los Angeles. LeBron James was the best player in the league in all of those, and arguably the best player ever. Why? Because moving's hard. Hell, this studio I'm in, I just sold this house. I will have to move. It's a pain in the ass. And that's just down the block. <laughs> Can you imagine moving your family into a new city? Well, he's rich. Rich or not, moving's difficult. It's discomfort. It's new this, new that. So you know, when I look at Dame, do you just want to sit in Portland and collect checks and be comfortable and be the man and get what you want? It's much harder. You say, oh, you go to Miami greater expectations, 
you won't get every big shot. You may not be the most popular player in town. Jimmy Butler is. Bam's got loyalists. The franchise, Riley Spolstra, you're the new guy in town. If he goes to Milwaukee and Giannis, they've already got a ring before you. How much credit will you get for the second ring? So I, 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 I look at loyalty as a two-way street. You know, Portland uh, is a market that geographically pinned up in the Pacific Northwest, not a huge free agent hub. I mean, they've never had an NBA All-Star game because they don't have enough hotel rooms. Now, I think they're putting in, a, I believe, a Ritz-Carlton. So they'll finally be able to get like a, you know, an NBA All-Star game. But for years, they've never had one. They're the oldest franchise in the league without ever having hosted an NBA All-Star game. It's a, it's a small town and Dame's the biggest star in it. So I don't think it's disloyal at all. I think you have to give a lot to take the risk of pressure. I mean, going to Miami is going to be an incredibly pressurized situation. Riley's an icon. Spolstra's coach of the year. Bam, Butler just got to the finals with undrafted guys. Dame goes to Miami and they don't get back to the finals. Who do you think's taking the heat? It's not Bam. <laughs> it's not Spo. It's not Butler. It's Dame. There is a risk involved. The avalanche comes down the hill. It's going to land on Dame. These guys got to the finals as an eight seed. So uh, the idea of just joining super teams, you do understand that if you take out LeBron James, the whole mobility thing in the league doesn't work as well as you think. Kevin Durant joined a team that already won a title, but then he goes to Brooklyn, it implodes. Phoenix may implode. It's okay. If you want to just play for the checks, the comfort, the stardom, the fame, stay in your city forever. But I applaud Bradley Beal for what he did, and I would applaud Dame for going on a potential championship team, taking some risk, taking some heat, and letting others watch him, which he deserves, in May and June, still playing. Now time for the volumes. John Middlecoff, the former NFL scout, hosts two podcasts, Three and Out. That's his volume NFL podcast and Go Low, his golf podcast, which is gaining steam. So I saw where Mike McGlinchey, uh, the new right tackle, former Niner, good tackle, not great, not Tristan Wirfs. Uh, but a good tackle, good right tackle. Uh, not uh, Lane Johnson. But um, I saw where McGlinchey said, okay, I changed my mind. I didn't like Russ. And now I watched his work ethic. I'm, I'm into Russ. And it is weird when he left. Brady leaves New England, 20, there, 20 years there. You would have thought he would have offended somebody, an executive, a sales guy, a player, a coach, a trainer. Everybody loved him. Tears flowing. Russ is there a third of the time, leaves Seattle and gets dogged by everybody, former teammates. <laughs> Do you think it's just as simple as people view him as inauthentic? I think that plays a part. I, I think they were a defensive-led team. I think the individual instances that happened in the Super Bowl, right, with Marshawn Lynch, everything that hovered around that, you know, I think without that, let's just say they win it. I don't know if it quite gets his. I mean, he got pretty negative. I, I do think people think he's kind of a weird guy. And I would say this quarterbacks. I mean, you got a lot of theories on quarterbacks. You go back to junior high. They're usually kind of the lead dog. Everyone follows them. And then by the time you get to high school, they're getting girls better looking. Maybe they get in, into college. They get good jobs. If they're not able to play professional football, they just feel like 
the leader of the crew. And that's not always fair because just because you play quarterback doesn't mean you have leadership traits. And I think Russell really always tried to embrace that, right? He really wanted it, which I I respect, but I, I don't think you can fake it if you don't have it all. And it's really hard, right? Like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, those guys are kind of outliers. Patrick Mahomes, right? They got it all. Steph Curry, I mean, the character, the focus, the talent, everyone likes them. They want to hang with them. It's most, you know, Rodgers, all-time great player, but, you know, rubs people the wrong way sometimes. And, you know, has been very hit or miss over his career as a leader. I also think just any time that you play bad and the way that, I mean, it was Pete versus Russ. And I know where you stood. I was with you. I thought... I'd probably bet on Russ. That how is Seattle going to win this trade? And it takes time, but I would say <laughs> they're definitely in the lead right now. When, when you factor in the picks, when you factor in the the cap relief, when you factor in how much success they had last year. I mean, Geno Smith just in a vacuum had a better season than Russell Wilson. How, how crazy is that when you really say that out loud? It, it, um, when Russ came out of the draft, that was in your scouting days or around that time when you were a scout in the NFL. Do you remember russell wilson's draft profile very well yeah i mean he was beloved there was i remember a story from one of our scouts that went through wisconsin right and uh that when they do the measuring now these players don't even do half the things at a pro day right but he was he back just 10 years ago everyone did everything and when he was getting measured i i think you know he was a shade under it started with five ten something and then they're like and they said 5'11 flat, and every scout applauded because everyone in the room was rooting for him. And, and with the Eagles, I mean, it's been well documented over the years. Daniel Jeremiah loved him. Andy loved him. Howie loved him. And I think we, and I, I saw a, a recent article about Howie talking about Jalen Hurts and looking back when they got cute with Russell Wilson. And when you like a guy at that position, why try to get an extra pick and get a guy in the third round when you can just take him in the second round and look what happened to the Eagles? Same type deal. Most people, including myself, thought Jalen Hurts in the second round. That's insane. You probably could have got the guy in the fourth. Well, I, I would say they don't regret doing it. And Russell, I mean, he he was really kind of a trendsetter, right? I, I remember being younger and Doug Flutie. There were just weren't short quarterbacks, especially mobile short quarterbacks. So he he was he, his time. Whether he's washed now, I will say this, and I've I've been to several uh, Seattle Niner games live. I think he's one of the most remarkable players I've ever seen in his heyday. You know, he had some Steve Young. It was just, it was unreal. Now, the guy we saw last year, we're about to find out, was it all Nate Hackett or is Sean, can Sean resurrect him? Or some sometimes, I think we've kind of become numb, right? Everyone has a long 20-year shelf life. Well, some guys just peak out for 12 years. That's a, that's a pretty long career. That used to be the norm, right, Colin? Yeah, and I, when I watched Russell, um, the thing that struck me is that he was still very effective running. He just stopped doing it. Now, he would get into late-game situations when Nathaniel Hackett was the coach, and he would take off once or twice, yeah. and he was still very effective. I think when he got the big money, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to theorize this. When he got the big money, and I'm talking, you know, his contract was Mahomes-ish, Peyton Manning-ish, right? When he got that yeah. big money. I think Russell said to himself, okay, this has been reserved for guys that sit in the pocket. I'm not going to be run around Russ anymore. I want to prove I can do it from the pocket. And I really felt that he wanted to, he wanted to sort of pivot to a older, in the pocket, can win at the line of scrimmage quarterback. 
when in truth he's the same size mostly as Tua, who has acknowledged publicly there are times I can't see over the offensive lineman. So I think Russ yeah. got stubborn. I, I talked to somebody who had looked at film of Russ, and they're like, sometimes he looked stubborn. Is that he? there's much better angles, you know, slide in the pocket. Russ kind of felt like, this is my take. He kind of wanted to prove, okay, this is a contract that's been for the great pocket passers of all time. I'm not going to be wild, crazy, run around Russ. And then when Peyton got there, you've noticed he's lost weight this offseason. I think Peyton said, Russ, you know, if Drew Brees could have run, he would have run. It's an asset. Lean into it. Well, think about all the great running quarterbacks, probably post the 1970s. Yeah, I don't consider like John Elway, even though he's mobile or Aaron Rodgers, a running quarterback. I think Steve Young beat the drum the hardest. You have to win within the pocket. And he was a better athlete than even those guys, right? But he became a Hall of Famer and MVP ultimately with his arm. And I think historically would say that's how you have to transition because the Mike Vicks, we'll see with Lamar, you just take a pounding. Kyler Murray, it's hard when you are kind of this hybrid running back. Now, you could argue maybe the rules, a little safer to run. Guys are less you know, less likely to go Steve Atwater, John Lynch on your body down the field. I, I do think you can incorporate it if you do it right better than ever. Like Steve Young could not have done that. He would not have lasted as long as he did if he kept taking off like Russell did most of his career. I, I just think that and sometimes in life, listen, it's happened to probably most humans, not at the level in which Russell, because he's such a public figure, but you get humbled in life. You really got two options, right? You kind of go back to the drawing board because he's always been chasing greatness and trying to be like a top 15, 20 quarterback of all time and be a Hall of Fame guy, which he probably already is. But I just mean, right. is he just going to be a laughingstock moving forward? Or is, is he a prideful guy that we saw forever and that butted heads with some of those defensive guys and wanted to be a star? It's, he's definitely one of the most fascinating stories in the league when you factor in his, <laughs> you know, the coach edition, right? Um, I want to go into Trey Lance. You know the Niners well. So uh, when stuff gets out, it's because somebody wants it out. And it was recently where the story got out that there was no market for Trey Lance. So I had said on this podcast multiple times, I was told last year the Niners, not that they panicked, but really came to the conclusion that he's completing about 55% of his throws, career starts. And he was, in, I was told by somebody uh, in the organization, practice to practice, he was all over the map. Colin, they they panicked because they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo before the season started. So they they were they were on edge. So do you remember the first time when Trey Lance got there because he was raw, um, like Josh Allen? Do, do you remember the first time you saw him because you went to practices or you you heard things and thought, "Oh shit, this isn't going to work." Yeah, I think the first time whenever you see a young player, especially a quarterback who's quote unquote raw from a smaller school that you don't have experience watching, right? It'd be one thing if you showed up to a Carolina Panthers practice, you've seen Bryce Young play a lot or CJ Stroud. You, you can go on YouTube, but it's not the same as over a period of years watching a guy at one of the main programs. So the first year, I, I didn't really have any hard take one way or the other, but I, I know the head coach and I know the way they operate. It's about, they're not looking for Patrick Mahomes miracles in the offense. They're, they're looking, I mean, in a weird, this sounds crazy, but somewhat dinking and dunking to their guys within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and let them eat Right. I mean, they got some of the best yak guys from Debo and Kittle and Ayuk's really good. Now McCaffrey. So he's he hasn't been accurate through his first two years. Now, he's definitely improved his motion a little bit. But yeah, you could argue that's like a, a guy in Major League Baseball or a golfer 
it's one thing to do it in a practice environment. It's another thing when the live bullets come and usually you resort back to muscle memory. Uh, and, and that to me is the major question, but because the guy he's battling, he, he's the simple reality. He's battling to be the backup. He's no longer the starter two years. And I just think it speaks to the NFL that the amount of money that's in the league right now, the, especially with the, uh, the way they cap the rookie deals. So remember back in the day, like Matt Stafford and Sam Bradford and Dominic and Sue were getting more money than 99% of the players already in the league. Now, you know, he got $30 million guaranteed, but, and they missed some picks, but whatever they've been going to the NFC championship. You're not as beholden to hold on for dear life. You're more likely to be, you know, like Al Davis kind of had a quick trigger finger, which at the time seemed kind of crazy, but now you see it around the league, like Zach Wilson, you know, he could be not on the Jets in a year. It wouldn't even feel that weird. Trey Lance, I, I don't think he's guaranteed to be on the team week one because it could be a situation where other teams need quarterback. Sam Darnold's your two. They got Brandon Allen, who uh, was the backup for uh, Joe Burrow the last couple of years. So he's he knows what it's like to be a backup, and he fits in that system. Again, they are not looking. I've been around Andy Reid. Likes a little pizzazz, you know, like some explosion. Kyle wants to run it about 30 times a game. Do some, you know, some quick screens, some slant routes, maybe a shot to Kittle, but it's a design shot. So it's their offense is is somewhat of a throwback in this quote unquote modern, you know, throw it all over the yard game. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, let's, let's talk about um, old school. As you noted, so Dalvin Cook is saying he has multiple offers, Jets, Broncos, Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins apparently using the uh, Rams Swiss bank from a couple of years ago when they signed everybody. Um, No state income tax. Are you surprised that there really hasn't been much of a market, even for D-Hop, who I still consider on 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 the on the middle and bottom half of the league, a one, maybe a two on a really good roster? Um, Are you I mean, I, I always liked Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, I like DeAndre Hopkins, too. It, part of it's just economics. At, at this point in time, on June 27th, no one is going to give a guy a multi-year contract at the money they're asking. Now, come a couple weeks into training camp when the pads have been on and these good teams go, God, our running backs stink. Or maybe Coach Reed goes, God, our, our wide receivers aren't taking the jump we thought they were taking. Because it, it's, it's going to be the good teams are more willing to give you you know, that fake multi-year deal, but give you a big salary. Right now, there's no incentive. Spirits are high. Everyone's, you talk to these guys at different OTAs. Everyone's happy. You're working, you know, nine to three and four-day work weeks. One training camp, it gets a little tighter because you're really evaluating your team. Pads come on. You have a young guy. A lot of these teams 
is human nature, right? You've made these draft picks in the last couple of years in the first or second round. Well, maybe the guy wasn't ready to play or maybe he's been behind a guy that left in free agency and now it's kind of his time. And ideally, that guy just becomes your starter. Maybe he's not as good as DeAndre Hopkins, but if he can get you, well, we think this guy can get a 60, 70 catches at $900,000. You'd rather do that to kind of big picture build your team. But when that guy can't catch a cold in training camp or maybe gets hurt, I, things change fast. So if I both those guys to me have signing first couple weeks of August written all over them after an injury or after young players and kind of not ascending because everyone's got their fingers crossed that the guys they drafted are going to be good and then the actual football happens and they're not as good as you hoped. So um, I one of the things I love about sports, um, you know, for me to sit down and just watch regular season NBA or regular season baseball games. It's, you know, I'll watch bits and pieces. You can YouTube it. I can watch edited versions of games. NFL is different. College football is different. Uh, UFC fights different. There's urgency. But um, what I really like about sports is the cultural pivots and changes. I think the NBA is getting more international and the size. We're kind of getting a throwback to size. The league got so fast, small and perimeter oriented. Teams like Denver, like Porter, Gordon, Jokic. Like big, big now. You see that picture of Wembyama dunking <laughs> with his feet basically on the ground? That's is that Manu Bolt style level length. So Brooke Lopez, Giannis, just big. Yeah. Porzingis to the Celtics. Phoenix has length. They're going to keep Aiden and KD. So you know the league cyclical got small and fast with the Warriors, and people try to copy yeah. them. And now it's like, no, we're going the other way. We're getting big international. The other thing I'm noticing in the NFL, and I think Kansas City's on the forefront of this is that it's always been understood in the NFL, John, that if you have a star quarterback, then, you know, don't don't go for a second round for running backs like Kansas City did and kind of missed. You, you can have kind of pedestrian running backs if you have a great quarterback. Totally um, Brady mostly had pedestrian quarterbacks. Yeah. So Kansas City did something last year, and because they won a Super Bowl, I feel like the Rams are trying to copy them. So basically, Kansas City, it looks like they gave up a very good corner to the Niners. And what they basically said is, we're going to spend our money on offense because younger players can struggle on offense because offense is choreography. But young players defensively, you just get them to cover and blow shit up. So they yeah. went super young. So we'll keep Chris Jones. We'll pay for an elite front four, front five guy, Aaron Donald Rams. We'll let Bobby Wagner go. We'll let Jalen Ramsey go. And the Rams this draft just went fast with perimeter edge rushers. Uh, last year, it was corners. So the Rams basically saying, we're going to spend money probably on a Stafford, uh, a note boom, the left tackle, uh, Cooper Cup. They may have to spend on Cam Akers, Jefferson. My theory is what the Chiefs have said is, if you've got a really good quarterback, top 10 guy, you need an elite defensive lineman. Those are disruptors. Everybody else, even good corners, Kansas City, L.A., let them go. And just get young, yeah. cheap, and fast on defense. And and maybe I'm overstating it, but I, I watched the Rams' last two drafts. And they, I mean, they've really just said, we're not paying for anybody outside of Aaron Donald on this defense. They, I mean, they, they had thrown a lot of money around, so they, it was tied. I, the, the one pushback I would have is – I hear what you're saying. You're factually correct. Is they are very, very tied now the way they're built to their quarterback once they kind of pivoted and then gave Stafford the money. And he was now, was he injured the elbow? 
He was horrendous last year. Now, he even the year they won the Super Bowl, remember, he had that stretch like five or six games where he was throwing pick sixes, not even right. just picks. He throws interceptions, but he's such an explosive player. My, my question, I think we've talked about this before, is McVay, who clearly is established, he's a good coach. I mean, really good coach, right? But he has turned on some guys, younger players or veteran players or guys they've signed really quickly. Little John Grudney. And the rumors, you worked a lot of guys probably at that old network with p- former players that had been around Gruden. They're like, God, one day's this, the next day's this. And McVay, they love Dallin Robinson. They gave him all the money, and then a year later he hates him. I, you know, they love Todd Gurley. Now that's you could argue just a young coach, awesome player, probably shouldn't have signed a running back. They regretted that one pretty quickly. But he's 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 shown an inclination to to just pivot really fast in a negative way on guys. And look at the running back. He had turned on him, and now he's a starting running back again, where I, I would say this, Kyle is a little bit more of an old soul, and Pete's pretty good at this. Like they, They've kind of had a long rope with a lot of guys. It, it's easy to always love Aaron Donald or even just kind of you know back Matt Stafford. To me, it's the young guys are just going to be up and down, and you kind of have to it's, – it's one of Coach Reed's great strengths. He's very – Obviously, he will move on from a guy, cut him or trade him. But he, but he is patient, and and I understand Sean's you know thirty eight years old. He's rich. He's ready to roll. But I that's one thing to keep an eye on. Can he have if he's in it for the long haul? Which I, I think is also a question. I mean, is this is he going to be coaching five more years, or is he gonna is it gonna the TV thing every single year? Because let's say this year they have a bad year, right? Because they're an injury or two away now. They're so top heavy. If Stafford's elbows messed up and. You know, they, what, Stetson Bennett would be their starter? Well, let's just hypothetically say they win six or seven games. We, we saw he does not handle losing well. I think a little like Gruden. They run so hot. They get to the office at, you know, the crack of dawn while every normal human, even high achievers are asleep. It can't. Is that sustainable? I see his wife's pregnant. Like, I mean, is this a guy, if you had to bet over under three and a half years, is Sean McVay still the coach of the Rams? I think, I think. I, I say he'd stay, but I don't think he's a lifer. I, I go back to my theory. So Cincinnati, Zach Taylor is off the Sean McVay tree. They bailed on some high-priced defensive guys this year. They just said, we're out in our safeties. They spent two, three years ago a ton of money on guys. They just bailed on them. Yeah. But they, they got to pay the wide receiver, right? And then the other wide receiver yeah. next year in Burrow. I mean, they got other guys to so, pay. So what Cincinnati's making the same bet. We're going to have one expensive edge rusher we really like. We're going to move off other high price guys. Kansas City's done it. Rams are doing it. Now, these are all offensive coaches. Now, the Niners, of course, because they're not paying Purdy, they can have a Fred Warner. They Uniquely built. Yeah. Right. But it, it, it is interesting that um, when Kansas City moved off their corner. Um, yeah, Charvarius Ward. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm told that's a position of extreme importance. And they just moved off him. And they went and drafted guys. Later around guys, and they were good, not as good as him. And I was like, is that something beyond just an isolated move? I, I think they had their Belichickian offseason where they pivoted off Tyreek and they had the extra first round pick and they kind of knew in the draft who they draft up. Uh, McDuffie, the, the corner from yeah. who ironically got injured and the kid Watson, the Washington State USC guy, was making plays at the end. McDuffie, he's a good player. He'll be yeah. fine once healthy. But they, the other thing, Colin, they drafted really well. That there, there is a uh, cohesion with Veach and Andy that's kind of just like Belichick with Belichick, right? And they, those guys know each other really, really well. So they, and it, it all starts a little bit like Brady with the guy at the top. I mean, their, their quarterback is just 
I mean, he might just be an all-timer. I mean, he obviously already is, but I just mean, like, I mean, this guy, when the dust settles, who knows? I mean, he could, why Why are they not going to win more, right? I mean, is he, is when it's when it's all said and done, is he a four or five Super Bowl guy? I know that's difficult. It's easy yeah. to say now, but he definitely, he definitely has another one in him. So it's interesting. So Pittsburgh spends a lot of money on defense. Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco did. But don't you think Telesco today regrets J.C. Jackson and maybe Khalil Mack? I mean, they 100%. They went and spent the Khalil Mack. I, to me, pass rusher, I, I will lean pass rusher. Yeah. I'm a big believer that you can get by on the edges of your defense at corner and safety, coach them up, and just dominate the front. Because if you get pressure and you go back to that Niner team in 19, and you look at this Eagle team, now they, they had good corners too, Darius Slay and stuff, but their, their front was you and I could have played corner some games because they've got three or four double digit sack guys coming from inside, coming from outside, because it's the one area in football where you can just cause havoc. I mean, if the Chiefs, I think they drafted Karlovskis, the kid last year from Purdue. Purdue. I'm pretty sure they drafted another front guy. If they ever get like a a 1B to Chris Jones, it it might not matter who's playing the DBs because they would just overwhelm quarterbacks. And I think that's what Telesco tried with Khalil. I think Khalil probably just falls under a lot of wear and tear on that body. Not a speed guy, more of a power guy and just... Yeah, he probably regrets it, not in theory of trying to get a pass rusher, but that individual player. So I watched McVay, Reed, and Zach Taylor move off defensive guys, yet the top defensive spends in the NFL, the teams that spend the most money, Chargers, Staley, Steelers, Tomlin, Seahawks, Pete Carroll, and Bills, Sean McDermott. I do believe when the defensive coach leans into the ear of the GM, I think Brandon Staley said, we need to get a corner. Asante Samuel is not it. And I, I look at Reed. I look at McVay. I look at Zach Taylor. And by the way, this year, the Eagles let go of some of their defensive guys. And I want to let yeah. go of their offensive guys. I think general managers mostly control the draft, take the Patriots out. But I do think there's an influence. Often the coach and the GM are, you know, Andy Reid and Brett Veach are different. But a lot of times they're both like 48 to 53 years old. They're the kind of guys you could see their wives go out. They go out for dinner. They they crack beers on weekends, maybe occasionally yeah. golf. A little more normal. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard. Less need McVeigh. McVeigh's in his ear. McVeigh's like Ramsey or a better number two receiver. Like, I get it. Well, Colin, I just think it's the hierarchy of the guy, the owner, is these coaches now make anywhere from 12. Sean, McV- Sean McDermott just got a contract extension. That's not $7 million a year. I mean, he might be making $14, 15000000 million. That's the going rate, right? So the GMs, they're doing well beside a couple of them. Most of them are probably making $2, 3000000 million. So if you just look at it in any hierarchy, right, who in any you know office setting has more juice, the guy making 3X the other guy, and just, I, I think the simple reality of this modern day football, GMs historically in all these sports, right? I think had more juice before the money, and now when you get a high price coach, if that guy wants something, he's simply going to get it. Now, some guys are easier to deal with and less probably passives, probably the wrong way to put it, but but less just kind of Belichick run you over. I'm going to do my way or the highway. Are willing to listen. But ultimately, it's 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 their ass kind of on the firing line because they're on the sideline. And I just think more often than not, what they want, and a lot of times it comes from their assistant coaches, right? Their coordinators are pressing them, and that's kind of how it unravels. And sometimes the GM, and this stuff rarely gets out, I and mean, you got to know a guy pretty well because that stuff gets out, then there becomes a lot of animosity, especially when it doesn't work. 
Uh, I just think the coaches now, they just they make so much money. They have so much pull with the the guy that's signing the check. And, you know, if they ever need to get anything signed off, they're going to lean with the coach. Yeah, I've heard Sean McVay's gotten more and more power since the Super Bowl. That How could he not? You know, I mean, it's just yeah, right with how much they're paying him and how much success he's having. He's the golden. He's really the face of their franchise, isn't he? Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, uh, finally... um, Give me a bad team that you think will be better this year. And and the one I've thrown at is Carolina. Um, I like Houston a little bit, but I don't know much about D'Amico Ryans. So Carolina put together a very expensive staff. Uh, Bryce Young is arguably outside of Derek Carr and maybe including Derek Carr, the best quarterback in division. Uh, Frank Reich, if you go look at his year, his best year with Luck, Phillip Rivers and Wentz, he made all of them their most efficient so he, he he's a little bit of a quarterback whisper. He's not going to give you bigger numbers, but Phillip Rivers was more efficient. Luck, who could be turnover prone, more efficient. Wentz, turnover prone, 27 TDs, 7 picks. Um, they, they let go. They went and got Adam Thielen uh, to replace DJ Moore, which is a, you know, there, there's a gap there. But they do have some money. Wouldn't be shocked if they sniffed around Alvin Cook. And my takeaway, bad division, good staff. Bryce Young's nobody has film on Bryce Young as an NFL quarterback. I look at their schedule. There's a lot of home games they can win. Carolina's my bad team. And for the record, John, good front seven. Some good young corners that were banged up. Like they have defensive pressure on that front seven. Carolina's my team that will surprise people, double their wins. What say you? I don't hate that. I mean, best coach in the division by far when you when you look around at the resumes. Um, you know, I'm not going to go with the Raiders. One team that I, I do think is talented. And when you watched them play last, they beat the Eagles early on in the season. The The Washington football team commanders, whatever the hell their name is, do have a lot of talent at different positions. Now they're going with Sam Howell, who's a fifth round pick, which on the surface sounds pretty crazy. Anytime you start a fifth round pick, that's never really played, but it wasn't that long ago. He was pretty highly touted as yeah. a college player. Now the, the other curveball is Eric Bieniemy. Which, you know, everyone's got a different opinion. We're going to find out because if Sam Howell's good and Washington is a double digit win team, there's no, I mean, he's going to be a head coach pretty quickly, right? But they have defensive linemen, they have offensive weaponry. Uh, now, their, their head coach, Ron, for a guy that's been employed for a long time, he doesn't win that much. But I, I do think they have a lot of talent on their team. And look at the division. The Giants. I think Brian Dable did an incredible job, but th- their team is not that talented. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not. 
And the Cowboys at any moment shit just can get weird, right? They're better than Washington. I'm not arguing that, but it's just the Cowboys just can always just blow up because Jerry says something weird, right? Mike McCarthy, conservative, Brian Schottenheimer, uber conservative, no Zeke Pollard off an injury, and they have stated we want to run the ball. It's like, guys, turn the page. For sure, and the Eagles are absolutely stacked, and it it, it feels insane to think that they're not going to be a 15-16 win team. But last year, they kind of had got to have a chip on their shoulder and prove now everyone's going to anoint them as just the clear favorite. And they are roster-wise right there with the 49ers. But I, I could see them maybe coasting some games that maybe they wouldn't have last year. And instead of winning 15 games, they win 12, right? So you have the opportunity. There's seven playoff teams now, right? Because you get that extra. Look at last year. The, the Lions and the Packers and Seattle were getting in barely over 500. So if you can get to nine, 10 wins. Now, Washington, I think, had seven or eight wins, so they wouldn't double their win total. But it wouldn't shock me if, if the kid is just capable and Biennemi is taking pretty good notes. He's had a front row seat around Andy Reid for a decade, right? So that th- they could be, they got the pieces on the team on both sides of the ball. I think they could be a 10-win team. I don't think it's crazy. Philadelphia, as good as they are, look at their schedule week four to week 10. But I heard you talking about that. Niner, Niners at Kansas City, cross country to Seattle, uh, Buffalo, uh, Rams. It's a, it is a lot of tough games. Look, a lot of pressure to, you know, Sirianni lost both coordinators. He's not the offensive play caller. So there are Brian Johnson, the former Utah quarterback, who as we've been talking about him at different places for years. I mean, he's he has a long resume, but he's calling the plays now, right? It's not when someone leaves the Rams staff or the Niners staff, right? You still know McVay's calling the plays or Kyle's calling the plays or Andy can call the plays. That's not the case. So that's, that is a dramatic shift of an offensive play caller, even if their defense improves a little bit because it it had its moments where statistically like stats wise sacks and and turnovers they were good but when you watched them there were definitely some hole i mean the cheat andy took advantage of it so maybe they're a little better on defense but offensively it's hard to be as good as they were last year i mean you turned them on at any moment they could score 30 points and a half and it would wouldn't even feel like it wouldn't be fair yeah they're they're facing more elite quarterbacks this year they're they're just they're they're just facing more Mahomes, Allen, Stafford. I think they have they may have Herbert on there. Um, it, yeah, they do. They have Russell Wilson now with Peyton. So I mean, the the way the the league works, if you pay if you play eight to ten Pro Bowl level quarterbacks, you're not winning thirteen games. <laughs> you're not winning twelve games. No. Is there any circumstance that you would pick the Jets to make the playoffs? Yeah, I um, Tua gets hurt. Which happens? Yeah, I think it's that simple. I think it, Tua put on, yeah, and I and I saw some video of Tua about three weeks ago. He's obviously put on ten pounds minimum. Yeah. So and he's practicing with a jujitsu instructor how to how to fall, how to be sacked. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Jets will be fine. I don't think they'll be great. Aaron's never had a bad O line, and outside of Elijah Vera Tucker, they got a rookie center. Questions at left, Dwayne Brown. They're going to move Beckton to right. Uh, they have a mediocre. You know, other guard. It's it's a pretty average offensive line in a division. Belichick creates pressure. Bradley Chubb, Miami, and the Bills front. Fangio. Yeah. So it's I I think there's a lot of places I like him, but Aaron's never really been rushed in a pocket in his career. Green Bay did a remarkable job to have top seven offensive lines and never draft all linemen in the first round. Often not in the second. 
Well, think about this too. Aaron's had because the Packers only hire offensive coaches. He's never had a defensive coach. So that offense, you know, McCarthy gave up play calling at different times during his tenure, but you were directly dealing with the head coach. Now the head coach, what's Aaron's in charge of that offense, right? Moving forward. So if Nate Hackett is a little overwhelmed and the pressure in New York, I think it could get weird fast. I, I do think they have a lot of talent. And if he does have the chip on his shoulder, I mean, it was not that far removed from playing some of the best football of his career, winning back-to-back MVPs. Now, Devontae Adams, they had a much more stable operation going. Division was shittier in the NFC North. But I, I do think there's, you know, the Bills, are they just going to rattle off the East every single year? You know, things getting a little weird. The Patriots clearly aren't as talented, but B- Bills, they could have a shitty team and they win eight games, right? right? Seven, eight games, so they're tough. And the Dolphins, you're right, they're a big wild card because they have high-end players, their head coach, is a good play caller, and Fangio is, I mean, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Maybe the best, yeah. John Middlecoff, yeah. three and out. Um, as always, the former scout for the Eagles joining us. Great seeing you, buddy. Happy fourth, Colin. Same to you. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.